Hey brothers, welcome back. Today we have with us Shreya Patar again, who was with us in our previous episode. So just a quick background on Shreya. Shreya is a freelancer. She makes a fuck ton of money on the internet. Think like a hundred thousand dollars a month or more. And yeah, she's been growing a lot on LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere else. And the last podcast I did with her got two hundred thousand views. So you guys really like her. So we have. Shreya Patar back. Hey Shreya, how are you doing? Hi Harsh. Uh, good introduction. Never has somebody introduced me like that. So thank you so much for that. I'm good. How are you? I've been doing well. I've been kicking ass, losing some fat. I've been doing the keto diet thing. Well, not exactly wow. keto diet, but what's the word for it? Low carb. Low what carb, about yeah. you? I see that you need to do high carb. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I saw a picture. I think my high carb is muscle. still. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I saw a picture of you on Twitter. You were lifting weights now, right? You've started going to the gym, and I see you gain muscle. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I started. I actually started weight training about two years back. But it's been very on and off, considering like I was still in university that time. So a lot has changed since then. But especially in the last, um, I think three to six months, I've taken it very seriously. fixed a lot in terms of diet i think for me eating was a huge problem so i would i was consistent in the gym but just not eating right and stuff so i decided okay like if i just for 3 months if i just eat right sleep well and i train properly let's see what can happen and it was a great test because like i started it like jan so it's been almost 3 months now a lot has changed lots has improved uh physically and also like I feel that strength and energy all day. So yeah, it's been a great thing and that's why I talk about it so much on Twitter as well. You got to show us your biceps. My god, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> steroids. It's a very steroids. gross thing. To do. <laughs> Absolutely, it's it is steroids. Everything steroids. <laughs> does, does it look natural? No, of course not. I'm just messing oh with god. you. God. But <laughs> The big news is that Shreya has just moved to Dubai. Of course, to save taxes, right? Yeah, you're you're so right about everything you said so far about me. Absolutely on point. Yes. So, <laughs> tell us about the process. So, very few people move from India to Dubai as an entrepreneur. A lot of people move to yeah. Dubai to work, but I've seen lately a lot of businessmen are moving to Dubai, not just for taxes, by the way, but also for the lifestyle, and it's become. almost like a startup city so what has your mm-hmm. experience been like as a lone woman who moves from india to a completely new country how did you pick dubai first of all and what was the process like so i've been living by myself living abroad for like almost 4 or 5 years now so i studied abroad and i think that was my first experience of living away from home and having that experience of okay how does it feel to live by yourself to have all this responsibility to do your own thing I also started freelancing at that point. So I've been into this online business space making my own money sustaining myself for quite a few years now. And once I was almost done with university I was like I don't want to go back home because first of all home is too comfortable and second of all it's just not the place I wanted to be. I wanted to be somewhere where it's I I would say young and lively and somewhere that would again kind of push me out of my comfort zone. So I'm from Mumbai So I've you know I've grown up there all my schooling and everything was done there 
And uh, once I finished university, I think at that time, Dubai was, uh, Dubai had recently come up with this thing called the freelancer visa. They made it very simple to get a visa to move for a year. And I was exploring that option and it was like, okay, yeah, this sounds great. It sounds like something, you know, it makes sense. And, um, but one year fell too short. So I was like, I do want to consider Dubai as a place to live. It's also like close to India. It's like a three hour flight from Mumbai. It's fairly okay. A lot of flight options as well. If I have to ever travel last minute and um, keeps a lot of opportunities open for anything else that may come up in India as well. So it felt like the ideal location. No tax, great weather, uh, lots of young crowd, lots of people who are all here to make money. Like you said, most people come here for jobs, but again, the basic idea is that they're here to make money. So I think that sort of uh, mindset is like, you can see it in everyone here. And um, then I just thought, okay, if I want to move, I have to move. I'm not doing this freelancer visa thing. I'm not doing this one year, try it out, test it out thing. So I decided to set up a company here. So I've set up like a virtual company basically because I don't need an office. I don't have a, I don't have like employees or anything. Everyone's remote. So I set up a virtual company here. I got a long-term visa and yeah, I run my business from here now. So that's what the process kind of looked like. Yeah, I've heard about those things. It's called, uh, what's the word for it? There's, there are these places where you can get a free, free zone, zone company, right? Shams yes, and yes. DMCC and everywhere. And I heard the process yes. to open the company is very simple, but to open a bank account is really complicated. Yes, it is. Like depending on which bank you want, it depends on how much income you have. It depends. And it's not business revenue, right? It's more like your income. What salary are you drawing? Basically, it depends on that. And uh, I don't think even companies, setting up a company can also be difficult based on what sort of company you're setting up and what the process is like. So the reason I don't talk about the process much is because I had a hard time setting up a company. It took way too long for me. And that's why I think it's so important that you find the right person to help you out with this. And I think one of the issues in like in Dubai is that the rules keep changing so often. So anything about setting up a company that was true last year is probably like had a complete overhaul this year. So it's important that you find someone who knows the updated rules and then they can help you set up the company as soon as possible and they can also help you open the bank account as well i see i have an employee of mine who lives in dubai for a different business and yeah he loves mm -hmm. dubai he's like i'm never moving back yeah. to india and the main thing he really likes about dubai is that there is no traffic here and cars are cheap so this is more of a car guy mm -hmm. and he's like wait okay. i can drive where i want without having to stop mm -hmm. every 10 seconds. So yeah. he's very happy there. I've also had friends who came back from Dubai and they like India far more because apparently in Dubai, everything is slightly pricier than it is here. So mm -hmm. that is also a factor. So tell me what it is like. Tell me what your lifestyle is actually like living there, vis-a-vis -vis living in mm -hmm. India. And what do you like there versus what do you like here? I think in India, I definitely like just the comfort first of all, of being home. Everything's very familiar. Um, everything's fast-paced as well. In Mumbai, like, obviously, everyone's always rushing. Everything's fast-paced. And I think that energy is good to have, where everyone's constantly moving. Um, I think what your em employee says about Dubai is also true, that the on the most basic level, I think it's just the everyday commute. Even if, I, I mean, I work from home. 
But if I have to go somewhere, I don't have to think about the distance or the time because I know, like, if the map says 30 kilometers, I know I'll be there in, like, maximum 40 minutes. Like, no matter what. That's not changing. So there's this flexibility of traveling. There's this flexibility where there's predictability. Like, you know exactly when and how things will happen because things, like, there's very rarely there's traffic here. Weather is usually very good. It doesn't rain except maybe three or four days a year. And like I said, I think the predictability is what people really enjoy because once that's in place, there's no external factor that's kind of getting to you or affecting your routine. You're just, you have, you've decided that, okay, this is what I want to do today and you can get it done as long as you move, obviously. So yeah, I think that's something that I like about Dubai that even though it's pricier in the sense that, yeah, certain things cost more, obviously. Um, but I think it, it, even the quality of these things is different. So in terms of anything, I would say food, clothes, um, the kind of apartment you live in, I think here they prioritize cleanliness so much. Like I have a pool here and I can, their staff, like every morning for two hours, they're just washing, like literally washing everything around the pool. They're cleaning it so well and it's always well maintained no matter how many people come and use the pool. So I think it's these small things that really add to your lifestyle and add to how, like you're willing to pay that sort of a premium because you see that difference in life. So I think that's definitely something that sticks out when you've been here long enough. Can you give us a breakdown of the cost of living in Dubai? Let's say that a fresh person from India moves to Dubai. Outside of yeah. the cost of setting up the company, which like you said, keep changing. Mm-hmm. How much does it actually yeah. cost to live and operate a business from Dubai? Because I've heard varying estimates. I know someone who lives in the Burj Khalifa and he's like, I pay a ton of money mm. just for the internet. But yeah. I've heard mixed experiences about this. So can you give me your opinion and thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, Dubai is one of those places where it's 110% dependent on your lifestyle, how much you're going to spend. Depending on which area you live in, depending on what your priorities are, depending on what is important to you and what kind of environment you want around you, it's going to change. So I live in an area which is not, it's not like your marina side or something. It's, it doesn't have high rises. It's a very family oriented area. It has like a lot, lots of like parks and stuff. And that's the kind of place I like. Uh, my rent for a two bedroom apartment is around 1500 USD per month. If you go towards uh, like marina side, it'll probably be 3000 USD per month, but for a smaller apartment. So the kind of apartment I have, like I prefer the layout and the size as well like i really like it uh so 1500 usd for that wi-fi comes to about i would say probably 150 uh usd per month then there's your uh bills right so your bills in dubai they have this thing called a diva bill which is your electricity and water bill and like you're paying for electricity you're paying for water as well so that depending on how much you use the ac and whatnot uh i normally pay probably around 200 300 usd per month for that whoa that's and a lot for electricity it, and water by the way probably i'm trying to maintain my conversions as well yeah it's probably 200 usd uh, for water and electricity both 200 250 usd and uh, yeah and then depending obviously on your lifestyle like i have this meal plan so i i stopped trying to manage cooking because i absolutely cannot cook every single day and try to make that happen. Uh, so I started uh, getting meals. So it cost me around $500 a month to get two meals a day. Breakfast is what I cook at home. Uh, 
so my groceries is mainly breakfast and small stuff again you have to buy water there's no concept of a water filter here so you have to buy drinking water which can which is a cost but it's not as bad um so it's okay and yeah that, i think that's pretty much your everyday expenses that you need to survive in dubai but it like i said it depends if you want to get like one bed in someone's house you can literally pay for one bed or if you want to get one room that's possible a studio or a one bedroom a villa like whatever depending also what floor you live on it's going to change a lot about how much you're going to pay as rent um beyond that i think travel is one of the most expensive things here there's a metro but i think in the heat it gets very difficult to use the metro because you still have to walk to the metro station and then walk from there to wherever you have to be um otherwise the option is cabs and cabs can they can like add up to a lot um so i would advise that if you're planning to move to dubai and actually live here for a long time get your driver's license your driver's license will cost you around 1 lakh or so depending on how many times you fail the test uh and you one might lakh do a redo rupees correct yes 1 lakh rupees so uh 1 lakh rupees yeah probably like about 1000 uh 1 to 50 usd, USD. Yeah, so thousand to. We're gonna date this podcast, by the way. Into... You gonna? I'm I'm saying we're gonna date the podcast by putting in the conversion because the rupee is gonna keep declining yeah, more yeah. and more. <laughs> okay, yeah, you Go should on. do that. So yeah, so I think uh, a driver's license is a major cost if you want to get a license, and then I would suggest just get a car as soon as possible. Like get a second-hand car if you have to, but just having a car is going to change your entire experience about Dubai. Uh, because otherwise it's going to be so restrictive literally in the first year i didn't travel much because getting a cab at certain points of the day it just i can go there but getting a cab to come back home was so difficult so i just avoided going out and plus obviously it was so expensive to use a cab every single day i think i have been to more places in the last two months than i have been to in the last one year just because i have the convenience of a car now so i think just having a car is going to it's going to be a huge investment but it's going to be that the kind that you know just improves your life by so much so get a vehicle as soon as possible in dubai it's important i saw your car your car looks really good by the way yeah thank you you know what i find interesting now that you mention it it seems like you need to make mm-hmm. at least $5000 a month to live in dubai to live a good to live an okay to good life in dubai whereas for yes. $5000 a month you can live a very luxury life in india so i would say people need to keep that in mind although i think that some of it is offset by the non existence non existence of taxes right for example if you make $5000 in india you're paying about 1500 bucks a month in taxes as opposed mm-hmm. to in dubai you're paying nothing in taxes so you kind of get a discount a 30 35% discount on everything simply by not having to pay taxes So that is something that people might yeah. want to keep in mind when they are computing their own costs. But other than that, how are things like how is the healthcare system like? How are the schools like if mm-hmm. you're aware? I see that you're also speaking in schools now, so congrats on that. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. I spoke at a university uh, um last month. The schooling system, they have a lot of really good private schools. I have I have a bit of family here as well, so my cousins um uh, they go to this private school and i think the experience so far is great because i just i always see them full of energy even once they're back home i never see them having to do like homework homework but they know everything that they need to know and i think that's just like 
the way I have seen their life, it looks like, okay, they are learning a lot. They're enjoying the experience and they're not coming back with homework every single day to like kind of sit and spend hours and hours on. So they also have a lot of flexibility to do other things. And like, you know, they can do their classes, they can have their own time, they can read their own things. And I think that approach, it looks good to me. I don't have much insight into the education system otherwise. And uh, what was the first thing you asked me? I'd ask you what the healthcare system there is like. Let's say you get sick. Healthcare, do you have to yeah. sell your kidney yeah. like in the US? Or you need insurance. You cannot live here without insurance. You need insurance. And it depends on what insurance plan you have. Healthcare can get expensive. So usually, especially I think dentistry or if there's a major surgery or something, uh, people tend to just go back to India. Like they'll just travel back, get the surgery or whatever medical care done there. And then they'll come back when they're feeling better. Uh, depends obviously on your healthcare plan and stuff. But yeah, it can it can add up for sure. How are the people there like? Are they cooperative? Are they like, do they look down upon you for not being a local? I've heard that Dubai is mm. maybe 70% Indian. So maybe not Dubai, but let's say when you step out of Dubai, you go to Sharjah, Fujairah, Abu Dhabi, wherever. Yeah. How are you treated? I haven't been to the other Emirates in the recent years. In the past, yes, and I haven't noticed any difference. I think there's just so many tourists. Like, if you are in any of the central areas, you're not going to see a lot of locals. And that's just how it is. Because um, there are certain areas, especially like Marina side or JBR side, there's crowds of tourists. There's crowds of people who have just moved there. Lots of expats. That's where they live. Uh, there's also areas here like Bar Dubai will be mostly Indians or Dera side will be mostly Indian. So you know what kind of uh, community you can find in every area. That's pretty much well defined. And I think everyone knows who lives where usually. Uh, but apart from that, I think people are always welcoming. They They understand like everyone has a different culture and they're very respectful. I think the minimum, bare minimum everyone expects is that you are respectful to them and that they they'll also be respectful towards you i've never had any anyone like comment anything or act weirdly doesn't happen um i think a lot of people also think that dubai is restrictive but it's not um if you're an expat they don't really care what you do there are certain rules yes like you cannot uh like you cannot kiss in public that's something that you know you'll be fined for so you cannot do certain how things, much is the fine other than that is it worth it <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not aware of the time. So, yeah. But it's looked down upon. So yeah, you, you don't want to get into a mess in Dubai. You don't know. Like you'll just get kicked out of the country where you're never having a chance to come back. So you don't mess with Dubai. Um, we've all always, always remember that. Oh, my not God. Not in Dubai, no, no. but... Don't... Yeah. So yeah, like public display of affection is not it's just not something that's encouraged uh but yeah i think a lot of people think that you're you're restricted about what you can wear or something no you wear what you want you go to the beach everyone's wearing whatever they want it doesn't matter you have a lot of freedom and flexibility that's not an issue like i said you just respect people and they will respect you that's it yeah i see so you don't have to wear a burqa or anything. So that's a that's a misconception people have. I, I was telling my friend, yeah. like, you could go to Dubai. So I have a friend in Europe. He, he's making a lot of money mm -hmm. there. But he has to pay 50% mm -hmm. in taxes. So I was yeah. telling him, you should move to Dubai. And 
she's like oh no he's like this is a guy i've had like i've recommended two people and they gave me different reactions and he's like why yeah. would i move to a country where all the women are wearing burqas where i can live here and all the women are half nude and i'm like they don't mm-hmm. have to wear burqas in dubai but there is this perception with islamic countries that they are very restrictive about what you can and can't wear but i see that dubai is mm-hmm. either an exception or it's just a stereotype for islamic countries i'm not sure but i'm happy to see your experience has been positive i yeah, have a friend I mean, of mine you have to, yeah you have to realize that dubai is becoming open to expats it's it's encouraging people to move from around the world and one of the main reasons is because it's accepting of different things again i will definitely double down on fact that they have rules for certain things that they do not allow and they are not okay with and you should follow them otherwise you could get into big trouble but otherwise if they of, of course if they want to encourage that sort of globalization then i i think they they're seeing it from that point of view so yeah i don't think you should you would face any issues in terms of oh i don't feel like something feels off here i don't think you will go through that yeah my employee was telling me that they're trying to globalize so much that they're trying to shift their yeah. holiday from friday to sunday so apparently in islamic mm. countries they take fridays off that and, changed last year oh it already changed okay so i have not yeah. caught up with dubai yeah it changed uh, last january yeah i see ha huh? that is interesting so they are moving very fast and I love the yeah. fact that it's a it's an actual startup city they're trying to attract talented people towards it and yeah. it kind of beats all the stereotypes you hear right when you open the news you're like terrorist 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 but then you hear from people in mm. dubai and they're like hey this place is amazing i don't even want to come back to my home country there are no taxes and you know there are very accepting culture so yeah i think a lot of people need to change their minds about dubai and especially the uae in general because it's not like most of the places in the world and mm-hmm. i've never heard anything bad about it except the weather situation the weather i don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be like um you know dubai is it's also so well adjusted to the weather like during the winters you'll have all this outdoor stuff to do they'll open up all the carnivals and fests and uh, they'll have all these talks and you know what do you call them like conferences and expos and then as soon as summer comes they'll start with the indoor activities so then they'll open up more spaces where you can go for like indoor sports or something so it's hot yes like you don't step out step out in, especially in the afternoon and you can't do outdoorsy things but they make it so easy for you to have certain things to do it on the weekends for example that's indoors so you don't it's not like you're missing out on anything like yeah for four five months of the year don't go out in the heat but you it's not like life comes to a, a halt or something so i think and obviously there are people living here all year round i know a lot of people who especially are in the online business space they just prefer to move back Uh, or go to europe or something for you know the time when it's summer here in dubai because then europe summers are much better uh but i don't think that's necessary because obviously people here are surviving as well and they're doing what they have to do so it's not as bad as people make it out to be it's difficult to adjust yes but it's not like you have nothing to do at all or something what are the food options like do you get decent vegetarian food here or are you kind of forced to start eating non vegetarian and uh, do you actually like mm-hmm. the indian food there yeah i think food is one of the 
best things in Dubai. Like everything is great quality. Um, you get all cuisines. Like I don't, have, I don't think you have to think or worry about. Okay, will I get Indian food or will I get this, this, this? Everything's available in terms of cuisines. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, vegetarian options. You might want to check a few places because few places are definitely like their steakhouses or they're known for their meat and they might have. a very small vegetarian menu like their vegetarian menu might be like just five thing instead of having a long list but also most places you could just tell them to like especially if you're getting western food like american food or something you can ask for stuff without the meat that's an accommodation they make but otherwise it shouldn't be a problem to get good food here or get vegetarian food here there's a lot of options speaking of food i recently came across a tweet of yours where you had posted stuff that you had cooked Mm-hmm. Shreya is an adept cook, by the way. So, tell us a bit more about your cooking experience here. I don't cook a lot here, to be honest. I used to last year, uh, but now I don't cook much anymore. Like I said, I I just get my meals at home. So I've started this delivery thing where I receive my meals. It's easier on me. Otherwise, the option is obviously you can get a cook if you want. But I just don't. Since I'm by myself, I don't like having. to adjust to someone's schedule like okay now you'll come and you'll cook in the house for an hour and then i have to kind of you know restrict my calls or restrict my meetings or going out or whatever as per that so that's the only reason that i decided to get a meal service um i cook breakfast i think cooking generally is a decent experience i'm not a fan of these electric stoves uh my building does not allow for the like the fire the gas stove so i'm not a fan of the electric stove i think i have a little bit of trouble with getting the right temperature or whatever um but yeah like i enjoy cooking so especially if my family is over or someone's coming over i will cook for them and like i think i enjoy that part of the process more like cooking for someone else rather than just cooking for myself and eating it by myself so yeah what is your general lifestyle as a solo entrepreneur who lives abroad right i mean most indian mm-hmm. entrepreneurs they kind of live with family so i'm kind of used to hot meals coming to me instead of having to cook them or ordering them yeah. from abroad ordering them from like a yeah. restaurant or something and i also have a cook i have a cleaner i don't do any cleaning i have a cleaner who does everything for me and mm-hmm. i'm used to not having to do a lot of what i what i consider these tasks to be a bit of like time wasters right for an entrepreneur yeah. you got to take a stove yeah. out and cook something i mean come on man i don't want to do that yeah so Yeah. What is life like as a solopreneur who lives abroad without family? Are you happy? Do you feel lonely? And what does your average day look like? I get to visit home a lot, which is great. Like either I visit home or my family comes over for some time. Like I said, it's quite nearby. Like my dad's coming over tomorrow for a couple of weeks, so that's going to be nice. Um so yeah, I don't really mind that distance and again i've been living by myself for like 5 years so i think that does change how you feel about let's say missing home or feeling lonely or whatever like um it hits sometimes but then i'll usually just video call and be like yeah i'm like i i feel okay now i feel better uh in terms of time saving sta- tasks yes i have a i have a maid come in i have like i said the meals i think it's a huge time saver also i'm not i'm not trying to like get groceries or worry about like fruit like food going bad in the fridge or something which used to happen a lot when i used to try to cook by myself i would order stuff but then it would just go bad because i would just forget to use it so i'm like okay these things i don't have to worry about um 
Also, in terms of lifestyle, I think there's a lot of freedom, of course, because you decide what you want to do with your day. And initially, I think I take a lot. I took a lot of advantage of it in the sense that okay, I don't have to do anything. I'm I'm not I'm not a spoiled kid. Like I'm not going out or whatever. That's just not my not my thing. But just in the sense that okay, maybe I'm not getting work done, or I'm just you know I'm just getting lazy about it or something. That then that happens when you just move by yourself or something. Uh, now no, because obviously I'm also growing up. I'm understanding that it's important to get things done, and your own stress is so much better managed when you get the things done that you know you're supposed to get done. Uh, and that's just something you learn learn right. So self discipline. uh is a huge thing that has to come along with you living by yourself and stay in touch with your family like i'm very close to my parents uh so i will call them at least every weekend and i make sure like that's a routine like i will call them every single weekend and then we stay in touch over like i'll just keep sending them updates about everything i'm doing throughout the day so i think it's just important that you don't like you don't isolate yourself even virtually so even if you can stay in touch with your family over like video calls or texts or calls or whatever just do that and make that a priority and not just something that you do oh if i have time i'll call don't do it that way like put it on your calendar if you have to but actually just make sure you're actually talking to them you are 100% correct about that i have american friends i have a lot of business partners and clients who live in america that i'm somewhat close to and they kind of live away from their family so you know their family might live in texas and they live in california and they might meet their family once or twice a year on thanksgiving or christmas or some or the other holiday and i was telling my friend who you know in their culture is very different by the way they kind of look down upon people who live with their family and here in india we tend to look down upon people who like not live with their family we're like you're abandoning your parents so he was telling yeah. me that hey why don't you move out and i was telling him why would i move out and mm-hmm. i gave him some math i told him that wait you are 35 years old right now and your parents are 65ish right how many years do you think your parents have to live and the estimate we came up with was say about 20 years and how often do you meet mm-hmm. your parents and he's like i meet my parents every christmas so once a year and i told him that i'm going to meet my mom and dad more times today than you are going to meet them in your entire life because you're going to meet your parents 20 more times and that's when yeah. it registered to him so there is a big culture difference there but i definitely mm-hmm. see the value of staying in touch with your family when you you know live independently because yeah. your parents are always getting older and you will always regret not speaking to them or when they are not around so i i think that mm-hmm. everyone if this is the main thing you take away from this podcast then i would consider this to be a good investment of your time as the listener speaking of relationships and you know family how is dating life like when you move to a completely different country how do you meet more friends and give us a an update on that regard how has your experience been i think for me it's just generally difficult to meet new people i'm not a very social person so i'm not like i won't find things to do outside the house or something usually and if i do it'll be by myself 
um one of the ways to just meet new people has been uh last summer i joined this badminton group so i met a few people and that was a good way to just kind of interact with someone a couple of times a week and get to play as well and have some sort of activity going on um then i think this feb was a very exciting month because i met one or two people and they just started inviting me to all these parties so i went to like uh, a dinner in december and then i was invited to a yacht party this time and another dinner and i just had a lot of opportunity and these were all people who were in the online business space so these are all people who are big accounts on twitter who are probably anonymous accounts that who you don't know who they are and stuff and um, people who are making a lot of money like a lot like millions every month if not every year um so yeah so like it's these kinds of people that i had a chance to interact with in the last few months and i think it's just networking right so i've noticed even in terms of with clients whenever i find a uae based client they will always refer me to at least two or three more people and i think that whole networking thing that referral thing that okay let me just invite this person over to this party even though you don't know who whose party it is um uh, that's fine so i think um that's one of the ways to kind of meet people i am not sure how exactly when i'm finding such people i just found them by fluke to be honest but try to find things you can do that are your interest obviously but things you can do outside of the house that are group activities i think that will help you make more friends and meet more people yeah i've noticed that too so i am an extremely extroverted person so i've not personally had too many issues meeting people but one you still need to be around people to meet people right you need to be in some either some kind of class right like you said badminton or boxing or if you want to meet girls yeah. by the way the best place to go is a dance class almost mm-hmm. everyone there's a girl and it's a very social environment so a dance class if you want to yeah. meet girls if you want to meet guys mm-hmm. a boxing class is a very good place and you know the mm-hmm. guys that are more likely to be fit more masculine as opposed to say at a dance class so yeah. yeah you got to you have to be where people are and mm-hmm. you have to let yourself talk to people in the sense that if i come and ask you hey how are you doing and your response is good and then you shut up like good yeah. i'm not going to talk to you anymore because you know you're not interested so you have to right. actually make conversation i remember meeting somebody and I I'm trying to make some conversation with them because you know they're a friend's son and I'm asking mm-hmm. him hey how are you doing he's like good what are you doing today i am eating and how is school mm-hmm. school is good like you you can't have a conversation with someone like this it's just not yes. possible so i think that yeah. if you want to make friends you need to be in an environment which is social where people are talking and you need to be mm-hmm. willing to talk and if you are not good at it at least you have to give the other person enough feedback so that they can talk to you yeah i think one of the hacks here is to um just be actually interested in getting to know someone even if you don't have that interest level now just start asking questions because when you ask a question like i i was that kind of a person and i the reason i'm so aware of it now is because uh somebody that i'm friends with now told me that the first time they tried to talk to me i was just very bland in my responses but the only reason we ended up becoming friends is because that person wouldn't stop asking me questions and eventually because i started talking like because i started answering questions 
something or the other happened and then we started having a conversation so one of the ways to actually get like get to know someone or just have a good conversation is to start asking questions and if if their response isn't good in the sense that they really don't like they they're getting annoyed or something obviously leave but otherwise if you just keep at it maybe they'll feel comfortable and applies to you too like if you don't know what to say just ask them something about them and it'll just help you kind of continue the conversation forward a really good trick that i found to make conversation is to just not talk in the sense that n- not not talk what i mean is mm-hmm. you ask them a question and you let them really finish answering before you say anything else in the sense yeah. that the way most conversations work is that people kind of look for an empty space so that they can talk but really good conversation is about letting the other person talk and that's something i've kind mm-hmm. of learned a bit from podcasting right because my natural tendency yeah. is to speak a lot and now i just have to shut up and let the guests talk so that that's an interesting experience what about yeah. dating life is it possible to date in the u in dubai or do they look down upon dating too what is the culture there like no i've seen like people do go out on dates that's not an issue like i said nothing is an issue here they don't they don't really care much about anything and it's a very again it's a very social place so you can meet a lot of people like you said and there's so much to do all the time like you think of your gyms the gyms here are huge so you'll probably have like you know 50 or 100 people at at a time if you just right uh, if you just join the right kind of gym and uh, the opportunity to meet new people is a lot so i'm i'm expecting like only the few people i know they are either with somebody already or they are in the dating phase which is nice uh but yeah i haven't really explicitly talked to someone about like their dating process or whatever yeah not not wow. aware much about dating in dubai something that i would love to follow up with you on in the next what do you say the episode if we ever do another podcast because this is yeah. an important part of life for a lot of people right especially when you live alone you kind of still want to date around right not like i don't mean mm-hmm. like mess around with lots of people but you still would a lot of people would like a serious relationship for example if okay. you are here in india or say in california it's, it's super super easy to get a date as opposed to mm-hmm. i don't really know how a lot of these islamic countries works i'm not fair not i'm not certain but i would mm-hmm. guess that it's harder to get dates at random in an islamic country i don't think so i think uh, like i said you have to remove the idea about what kind of a country this is because everyone that you can think of from any any place in the world is here right and that's like most people you will see here is indians europeans um wherever you go in restaurants or beaches like it's full of people from these places so you will rarely see locals you will rarely see people who would um you know take offense to things like this and it's very normal like yeah i like people will ask someone out that's not a big deal that's totally fine um and in parties especially yeah, everyone's like hitting on people or something that's pretty common so it's not a big deal as such like i said in dubai like you have to really remove the notion that there's restrictions because there really isn't ha huh, that that's very interesting yeah hmm. yeah a lot of people right especially the ones in india right when you go to dubai you go there for like a week to get your company renewed so that you can you know mm-hmm. save some taxes let's say but yeah 
the whole living experience i don't really know many people who kind of especially alone women who live there so i'm just curious that's why i was asking what you what would your advice be to someone who is actually looking to move to dubai i asked a friend and he mm. you know he gave me some practical advice like get make sure your house is near the airport and things like mm. that and he told yeah. me that even though sharjah is cheap don't go there because sharjah is very religious yeah. and you're not going to have any fun mhm sharjah is too far as well like even if you had to drive in the evenings you're just going to be stuck in traffic if you want to go to like the main place like i said the marina side the jbr side or alkuz which is where most of these activities and parties and social things are happening uh sharjah is just too far so i wouldn't recommend uh yeah if you can afford to live in dubai i would say live in dubai yeah so this guy he got his first house in rasul khaima and he was so yeah. disappointed by it he was like oh man i i'm going to move to dubai <laughs> yeah <laughs> So what is your practical experience and advice like his is like what what do you think someone who is moving there for the first time should keep in mind Yeah close to the airport is a very good advice definitely um it doesn't even matter if you travel a lot or not just get something close to the airport um I'm in, I'm glad you brought up the Sharjah point because now even like when I meet people not not in dubai but let's say back at home and i say yeah like i live in dubai they're like also oh, like sharjah i'm like no dubai like also oh, sharjah i'm like no sharjah is not dubai dubai is different and i live in dubai so i think a lot of people just have this notion that they're practically the same thing because they're just like one you know like they're 1 cm away as per the borderline or whatever but they're not the same place and also the way that um, the rent is probably like 50% in sharjah uh but also the lifestyle is fairly different so there's 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 a difference for sure um i would also say that in terms of like get your get your driver's license as soon as possible because a driver's license may take time for me it took me like 4 or 5 months to get it because i also was traveling in the middle and they have so many of these levels of tests that you have to cross i had to give four levels of tests to get five to get my driver's license so get your like you might think oh i don't need to apply now because there's so much time but the fact is by the time you get your license you'll probably have lived half a year in dubai so get apply for that as soon as possible uh, other thing in terms of moving to dubai is that you plan how like what sort of move are you planning to do like you said some people just come here and they're like okay i'll just renew i'll just stay here for a couple of weeks because my tax residency i have to just keep it active or whatever uh if you're planning to do that then make sure you're speaking to somebody and doing it the right way because like i said in dubai the rules keep changing so often so the number of days that you're expected to be here or what qualifies for your visa to stay active or your visa to be renewed or whatever it changes every single year so make sure you are aware of what your requirements are and that you're showing up accordingly and um, and i think other thing would be to just keep in touch with all the rules about let's say road traffic or in terms of anything like everyday rules just stay in touch with uh, also the company policies if you have set up a company their taxes are going to change in the next couple of months so i think from june onwards they're going to bring up corporate tax and also the way that you know again the company renewal or the way that you hire employees or the number of employees that you need 
blah, blah, all of that keeps changing. So just make sure you're staying updated and if possible, find someone to kind of help you out with all these things. So those are a few things I can think of right now. I see. It's interesting you mentioned you're really stressing about getting a driver's license. Please elaborate on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, because I, generally I enjoy driving a lot. As soon as I got my driver's license in India, I moved abroad. So I moved to Dublin for studies. I didn't plan to get a license or a car there. I didn't need it. Uh, so I missed the experience of actually getting to drive. And then once I moved back home for a bit, like like you said, right? Like you have to stop every 10 seconds. That's not driving. That's just you doing some sort of weird ankle or leg workout. And, <laughs> you know, your leg is sore the whole day. Because your leg was on the clutch and the brake the whole time. Like both your legs are scared after that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have an automatic there. So here, obviously, it's mostly it's automatic. You can choose to get a manual, but I have an automatic here, uh, which I think takes away from the experience a little bit. I would probably like have enjoyed the whole manual thing more. But anyway, just I think just having that freedom to, first of all, have have a car. Second of all, to finally, finally for me to get to enjoy driving and actually drive and move. Uh, that's fun. And uh, yeah, for me, like I said, it just changed my whole experience of Dubai. I hadn't been to a lot of places. I hadn't done a lot of things. But now just because I have a car, I anytime I feel like, okay, I want to go somewhere, I'll just get my work done or I can just take my laptop and go anywhere I want. Like, uh, especially now it's getting hotter, but especially in the last two months, I spent so much time working from the beach or just going to the beach and a new beach. Every, like, every weekend, I'll go to a new beach, right? Uh I enjoy that. I felt like this is how I make the most of it. Otherwise, what's the point in living in Dubai if you're just in your room all day making money like or doing your whole business thing? You could have done it, done it from every anywhere. So I think uh, having your own vehicle will definitely change like how you feel about being in Dubai. Then it feels like, yeah, I'm in Dubai. So... It also gives you that sense of freedom, doesn't it? I mean, I've, I I have a car and I kind of drive wherever I want to. And I do a lot mm-hmm. of these trips where I would just take the car and disappear for like a three, four day trip and come back. And I explore a lot of places this way that I would not have explored if I had to rent a car or if I did not have my own vehicle. So having a car mm-hmm. kind of gives you a lot of, what's the word for it? A lot of ability to act on your traveling impulse. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting also, thing. That... In... Go on. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go on. Go on. Okay. Also, of course, like in, uh, if you think about it in India, you have so many options for travel, right? You have, um, you have your own, if you don't have your own car, you have a cab, which is the most expensive that'll get. Then you also have buses, you have trains, you have rickshaws. Here, you don't have that option. Here, it's either a cab or a metro. Buses, sometimes, well, I've rarely seen buses, to be honest. Uh, metro, again, like I said, it's not the most accessible thing. Even if you get down from the metro station, you might need to take a cab to get to where you want to be. And it all adds up. So if you just have a car where you're, you're paying a fixed monthly fee and you're paying on fuel, fuel is like 50% of what the costs are in India. I so am when jealous. you're. <laughs> yeah so when when you are like when you have this fixed you know like you know how much you're going to pay for your car and how much you're going to pay for your fuel it's gonna it just gives you more flexibility again that you don't have to worry that oh i want to go to this beach which is like 45 kilometers away 
doesn't matter. You have a car. It's fine. So otherwise, yeah, otherwise you're paying probably like, I don't know, you're probably paying $30, $40 for a one-way trip. Um, yeah, that 30, adds up. Yeah. So that adds up. That adds up. Like, uh, yeah. And yeah, that adds up. So for sure. Have you, yeah, have, that, get a car. Yeah, get a car. I, I know what it's like to kind of travel in, say, these rented vehicles. And then you're like, okay, I, I can go out here. I want to go out here. But this is going to cost mm. me $600 for like, you know, four days yeah. and or three days, whatever, just for the car. And then you're mm-hmm. like, I might as well just put this in some investment or something and screw this. As opposed to when yeah. you have a car, you just take the car. So <laughs> yeah. It yeah. kind of gives you a lot of freedom. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that you like to drive because, you know, for a lot of girls, they don't really like driving. I've dated girls who really enjoyed sitting in the passenger seat, but they would never mm-hmm. take the car. Even if it was like an eight hour journey, they just would not enjoy driving it and there are girls yeah. who really want to drive they're like I-, I love driving i'm a great driver and i'm like shut up i'm driving <laughs> <laughs> right i live by so, myself that changes things right so yeah if, if you want to if you want to go there then yes like the, the fact that i'm by myself yeah I'm, I'm the one who's driving so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that a lot of people, if you enjoy driving, you have more freedom, right? As opposed to if you see it as a task you have to do, then it's less fun. Yeah. So I think it's a personality yeah. thing. Other than that, tell me, Shreya, how else is life different in Dubai than it is in India? Like, is there something I did not notice? Or is there something that stood mm-hmm. out to you that is markedly different? Service. Definitely, 110%. Service is so different in Dubai. No matter where you go, it could be like the smallest restaurant. It could be a five-star, a seven-star, or whatever they call it here. Um, the service is, it stands out. So what I mean by that is that whoever is serving you is going to be like paying attention, is going to actually genuinely be involved. They're very good at giving suggestions. There are people that you, you know, you really feel like you want to give a good tip to. That's what I mean. Uh, so one of the, like, one of the experiences I had recently where I was like, okay, wow, that's, how, how sweet is that? It was when I had gone to this camel farm with a friend of mine. And uh, we had, it, it's a very small farm where they had camels and all these different farm animals. And they give you like a small tour around. And then in the end, they have the small tent where you can kind of sit and they have tea and some snacks and stuff. So we were just sitting there for a couple of hours and uh, there was this lady who was taking pictures of her, like trying to take a selfie with her baby. And um, she was kind of struggling a little bit. And this uh, lady who was just standing by the tea stall, she just came over and she was like, do you want me to take a picture of you? And this this mom was so happy and she was like, yeah, yeah, please, please. And then this lady, like, she spent, like, five minutes just trying to take pictures from different angles because the the girl was, like, she, she was quite young. She was probably, like, two years old or something. And she wasn't looking straight, but her mom wanted, like, a nice picture. So she was just, like, this staff was just standing there, like, taking all these pictures. And I thought that was so sweet because she didn't have to. Like, she didn't have to go and ask about, okay, do you want me to take a picture for you? Or she didn't have to spend so much time. She could have just been like, tak, tak, yeah, okay, done. Um... But the fact that she was so personally involved in getting a good picture and she was like, do you like this? Or do you want me to like take another one? Uh, I thought that was very sweet. 
and especially considering that it was a it was like a camel farm like in a desert somewhere and the fact that there's not a lot of people and there's not a lot of staff there and there's um like it's nothing fancy it's like the even the entry fee and the guide fee and all was pretty decent like it wasn't as as much as you could, you would expect it to be uh but that didn't matter like she was that that lady was so so happy to kind of improve this uh, mom's experience small thing but i think it really stood out to me i was like okay yeah, this is this is the kind of stuff you don't really see anywhere else mm that is very interesting yeah i've always wondered life like as someone who spends her life working a service job you know like a waiter or something and the reason i mention it is because i kind of grew up in a very poor area in the city and a lot of the people that i knew as a kid like the, my friends as a kid they kind of work mm-hmm. as baristas and things like that and it's a, it's a different okay. experience right like i don't go to certain shops because i know the guy who works there <laughs> okay and it would be very wow. awkward for him to like just start serving me given where i am mm-hmm. and given where his position is right now so i don't want to embarrass mm-hmm. the person So yeah I've always wondered what life is like because for from our perspective right when you mentioned that yeah this is very great I'm you know it's it's a great quality of life for us but mm-hmm. how is it like for the people who are actually serving you these things so I've heard that the salaries in the UAE are much better than they are in India so of course it's more motivating mm-hmm. for them but it's something yeah. that I kind of ponder upon sometimes salary is better when you compare to the salary you get in hand in india yes but the lifestyle here is more expensive as well so it's like how you know we say oh if you're making like $5000 per month in the us versus making like it's more like you wouldn't make $5000 per month in the us that's true uh, sorry in india that's true but in us $5000 a month is nothing like especially nothing, yeah. if you are two people like one person maybe you'll get by somehow and you won't have any savings but let's say you're two people or you're trying to sustain a family on that you'll barely get by like that's not happening so obviously there's this whole difference in how much just things cost here and at an entry level salary it can be very difficult to live in the uae for sure um so a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck and that's just i think that's just the harsh reality and that exists everywhere that there's always different people doing different kinds of jobs earning different kinds of salaries um but yeah that's i think that's what sticks out right like you said um the, the thing you mentioned about like the position where someone is at if they are at a working at a as a barista or versus when you are going to get a coffee or something i think that sort of that sort of view is not present over here i think at least i don't have that or the people that i've been around don't have that everyone's like okay every you're serving or whatever it doesn't matter but everyone still there's nothing awkward about it and there's like the waitress and all are not going to take like it's it's weird to explain hmm like they don't mind like they they are I understand, very I understand. happy about serving you yeah like they were very happy about their customer experience um only last week i had a strange experience and that really stuck out to me because i was like that's weird that never happens in dubai like nobody has ever talked to me or said something like that to me in dubai that that is so weird um but other than that like 
over a year I've been here and it's always been like okay your comfort and like they they're always happy they're always full of energy and I think I appreciate that it's difficult to explain but I I did my best <laughs> no I get you yeah. I get where you're coming from I'm yeah. a little impressed by the fact that you moved to Dubai and you're kind of living there on your own and your business is doing well give us an update on business how are things on the social media landscape for this year I hear Elon Musk is uh, wrecking a lot of Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah, I was just yesterday I think I was looking at the whole Twitter blue thing. It took me a long time to get it. So I just got the option like 3 days back or something. So I I hope I can get my tick mark. Um social media is interesting. I think I'm doing more on the business front now than the social media front and I'm realizing that um yeah obviously social media is important for business but it's not the only moving needle and there are more other things that i should have probably looked at much earlier on prioritizing that i didn't so i think i told you on twitter as well that i'm mostly it's about systemizing things right now because especially to hit bigger numbers i think that just needs to everything needs to be smooth on the back end that's when we can continue not only onboarding clients but delivering good results as well so that's the focus right now in terms of business that how do i make it so smooth to just work on my business and in my business and with my business that we can scale without having to like without getting stuck every few months or so hmm you know i hear that economies across the world are collapsing and they're not doing well a lot of people are yeah. losing a lot of money and inflation is rampant and people are actually losing yeah. jobs now and i tell people yeah. that you know the best thing you can do right now is to start making some money online even if as a freelancer or something you don't have to like start a scalable business you don't have to start a software company but you can take mm-hmm. what you currently do and you know start finding clients online so can you give us a brief up yeah. on what do you think about that and also mention that you have a guide i know that shreya has a very cool guide on how to become a freelancer and unlike most mm-hmm. people who sell stuff on how to make money online she actually does it and she makes a ton of cash <laughs> online so her advice is more valuable than whatever you might see on youtube from some one who whose only way of making mm-hmm. money online is teaching you how to make money online so with shreya she does an actual business and she can give you more guidance so go on I think that's a very good question that you asked and I recently I think last week I do a Instagram Q&A every week and someone asked me this exact same question and uh, the thing with me is my approach when it comes to business is that everything about my business the way it works or the way it doesn't work is all my fault and my responsibility so if i'm not getting leads i will not think of it from the point of or if i'm not converting leads i will not think of it from the point of view that oh you know what the economy is bad so i should expect this to happen i don't i just don't have that mindset if i'm not getting leads if my business is not doing well i will take i will take it as 100% my fault i did something wrong and that's why i don't have a business that's going the way that i want it to and i think uh, i don't i don't know if that's something that i would encourage everyone to have it's i'm not imposing anything on you but that's the approach i have so i'm not trying to it might be true yes of course people are losing jobs and it might be true that the way that businesses would want to invest in certain services will go down might hamper uh, how many leads you get or how good your freelancing business or um, you know online business does 
But like I said, I'm just, I'm a very, like, take it upon me person. So I will never hold that as a reason, okay, why my business is not doing well. Because at the end of the day, there are still people who are making millions of dollars every single month, no matter what the time is, no matter how bad the economy is or what. Like, people, there are people making money. And if they can do it, then there must be something that they know that I don't know. And how can I figure out a way to kind of, you know, tap into that? I think that's that's the approach I have. I think you're 100% spot on with how a lot of entrepreneurs should think. I will caution people, though, that's for a lot of product-based businesses, that is not how you can think because sometimes it's just yeah. there's nothing you can do, right? For example, if you are in the business of selling cars and COVID has shut down the supply chain, yeah, then there's not there's not much you can do it, even though you might consider it to be your fault or not. But I think your mindset is more solution-oriented. So probably much better for people to have. Tell us a bit more about your guide and how people can start freelancing. Because in my opinion, right, freelancing is something that anyone can start today. Mm-hmm. They don't need to wait. So it's something yeah. I recommend people to do earlier. If you had asked me two years ago, I would have told them, never do freelancing. You're trading your time for money. But I realize mm-hmm. that for many people, it's a good stepping stone. Yeah, so I have this ebook called Freelancing Freedom. And like you said, it, it's true because with freelancing, you literally, like if somebody is watching this podcast, they have internet, they probably have a laptop and they are able to, like they have the necessary ingredients to start learning a skill and making money online. Um, so my ebook is called Freelancing Freedom. That would be the first ebook that you would start with. And that covers everything you need to know, right? From picking what skill should you be freelancing in to finding your first client and also how to um, deliver a good service experience to your first client. So everything's covered. And I think Harsh might add the link somewhere around. So you can check it out. Yeah, I will put the link in the description. Shreya also has a mm-hmm. bunch of other books you guys might want, to, might want to check out. There's one on making money from LinkedIn where Shreya has a lot of followers. Tell us mm-hmm. about that also. And she has a book called Anthrology, yeah. which I'm not sure what it is, but I would love to hear more. Yeah, so I have uh, quite a few ebooks. So I have a couple of anthologies, and they're basically a collection of my best LinkedIn posts or Twitter posts, depending on what anthology it is. And you could use it as a swipe file, basically, but it's also informative. Like you will still learn uh, about freelancing and writing from those ebooks. Um, after Freelancing Freedom, I think my second bestseller ebook is Cashing In on LinkedIn. It's about how to make money through LinkedIn. So how do you create content? How do you optimize your profile? And how do you, and also what are the ways to monetize your profile? So I think uh, Life Path Money has nailed the Twitter side of things, like how to monetize Twitter. And I have nailed like, okay, how to, how to monetize LinkedIn. So it's basically two versions uh, that way. And uh, I have another ebook that I really like. It's called Money Calls. And it's about how to conduct sales calls and close the client on the call. So how do you uh, like deal with objections? How do you build the confidence to uh, convert a client and persuade and negotiate and all of that? And how do you get them to pay your invoices on the call itself? So yeah, check out those eBooks and I hope you'll find them helpful. Huh, I'm going to get the last one for our sales team. You know, one thing yeah. we kind of learned the hard way is that it's, it's actually really hard to get people to pay you after the sales call. 
in the sense that during the sales call they'd be like yeah i really love this product we really need it and you know this this is a great thing and i'm going to pay for it after the call and then you have to yeah. follow up 10 times like come on man <laughs> yeah so that's true something that our sales head is doing now is that she's trying to get everybody to pay on the call itself and yeah that's a, that's something you learn from experience right and we might we might be making like 10 20k extra simply if we had known this before so these products yeah. even though they sound simple they kind of they're things you learn from experience that really add up to your business's bottom line that's true i think yeah. we should do a spe- separate podcast just on closing yeah we should we should do it with uh, some role play as well Sounds good. Where can people yeah. find you, Shreya? <laughs> you can find me on most, like most of the major social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on all of them, and my name, Shreya Patel, is what you can look up. So I'm one of those lucky people who has who has found the her name exactly on all social media platforms. So you can find me anywhere using that. Also TikTok. I don't know if you like. I'm not very active there, but. might actually start using that yeah i have a guy who does tiktok for me so he's got my account at 20000 followers now it's a platform where wow, you can yeah. grow really fast if you want i'll put you in touch with him yeah yeah, yeah definitely all right my friend so this is shreya patar and i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and if you have any questions about living in dubai or making money from linkedin or closing leave it in the comments below and we'll cover it in our next episode all right bye bye and yep. we'll see you guys